Hey, welcome into NFL Live. We're taking you all around the NFL map with tons of training camps in session. You'll hear from Andy Reid and how he's making sure Patrick Mahomes doesn't get complacent. We'll go to down to Dallas, or at least Oxnard, California, to hear from first-round pick Mozzie Smith and why, quote, he doesn't like football, just likes hitting people. And you've seen a few of them out there, I'm sure. We have the most ridiculous catches from every training camp this uh -huh. offseason. That's a safety getting the job done right there. This more conventional from a wide receiver, of course, Josh Palmer. And with that, we say hello in person. Welcome into NFL Live. Uh, we are not in our usual studio. We're borrowing somebody else's That's for right. the day. That's all right. We're still going to do a great show. But we've got some very huh. familiar faces. Dan Orlovsky right here in studio, plus the coach. Herm Edwards and our guy Jeff Darlington with all the news from around the NFL. And we are going right to Jeff is unfortunately we have some key injuries around training camps. Jeff, tell us what we need to know starting in Jacksonville. We do, but this is slightly amusing if an injury can ever be that. Calvin Ridley actually dealing with toe soreness a day ago caused him to leave practice. But today he switched his cleats and despite being expected to have to sit out most of it, he ended up practicing basically the whole time. So apparently it was just his cleats. So I think we're in good shape there with Calvin Ridley. We'll obviously continue to monitor it. This has been a major impact player for the Jaguars, but it feels like uh, this is not really any cause for concern. A little bit more cause for concern, though, when it comes to Cooper Cup. The Rams wide receiver did deal with a hamstring strain a day ago. Now, our Adam Schefter reporting that it looks like he'll be out a few weeks, that being the timeline that he was given by Rams sources. Now, of course, that puts him probably uh, toward the middle to end of preseason. These things can tend to linger, so we don't know exactly what the timeline will be, but it at least does not sound like this was anything so serious that could put the start of the season in jeopardy for Cer Cup. Certainly would be big news for the Rams, Jeff, as you know well, because despite missing eight games last season, Cooper Cup still led the team in receiving yards, and everything. receptions, receiving touchdowns. And if you include Cup's historic 2021 season in which he led the entire the NFL in all three categories, he has racked up nearly 2,800 receiving mm. yards over the past two seasons. That's more than the next two players on the Rams combined. So, Dan, statistically, we kind of know just how important Cooper Cup is to Matthew Stafford and this Rams franchise, but, like, just how important is he, maybe even more to the bigger picture for this team? Yeah, this impact is huge, not only because we just talked about how good of a player he is, but also his usage. I mean, you don't get those stats by not being utilized in such a way. And if you just look at how much the Rams depend on him when it comes to, over the last two seasons, games played, yeah. right? Receptions, first in the league, not on the Rams, receiving yards. Look at how much of their offense, pass game-wise, he accounts for. And this is a guy that, in many ways, the Rams, when it comes to their pass game, they sit down and go, this is the play we like. Where could we put Cooper? This is the this is the concept. They're like, where are we going to put Cooper Cup? And the fact that they have such a lack of high-end talent outside of Cooper Cup, you're looking at Tyler Higby, their tight end, and maybe Van Jefferson if he can stay healthy. It's not just that. Mm. It's how much they actually try to get him the football. It's a little bit like the Joe Burrow injury to me. I'm not necessarily overwhelmed with he's going to miss training camp time, but what is going to be, be the impact of this injury you know, for a Rams mm -hmm. organization sometime in October, November, when they're going to be, hope, in their case, fighting for a playoff spot. Yeah, Dan makes a lot of good points. And Cooper Cup, all of a sudden, he's 30 years old. So you're going to have to be very careful early in the season. But the problem with these guys, they play in a division where San Francisco and Seattle, they're trying to catch those guys right now. And if you look at their schedule early, it's not good. Last year, they got off to a 2-3 and three start. Cooper Cup was their leading receiver. How can you be their leading receiver and you missed eight games? 
That's how important this guy is to this offense, and especially to Matthew Stafford. And Dan knows this. When you have big moments in a game, you want to be able to look at your guy in the eye, that receiver sure. or that tight end, and say, you got to get open. And if you can't do that, you're in trouble. And that's what Cooper Cup brings to this offense, his ability to get open in big moments and make yeah. big plays. You know, the Rams would never say it out loud right now, especially this early on in training camp. But if you look at this team and you look at the talent, this is a team that could be in the bottom third, perhaps even bottom quarter of the NFL when you rank the rosters 1 through 32. And one injury to a guy of Cooper Cup's caliber could further impact the big picture of this team. Like, this could be a team that's playing for a top 10 pick next year, maybe even a top 5 pick if they don't have somebody like Cooper Cup available on the field at the beginning oh, of I, the season. I don't think that's out of the question at all. If, if oh, this hamstring if injury lingers, yeah. top 10 in, candidly, they Top should three. be trying to get the Caleb Williams, Drake May sweepstakes. You don't want to be going to the middle in the NFL, especially a team that has over the past, let's call it 12 to 16 months, that we need to get worse before we can get better totally. because we went all in for that ring and we were justified with that decision. Let's go to Kansas City where the Super Bowl champs, they are not concerned about going backwards. They are going forwards. They look to repeat and hear from Andy Reid as he has tried to keep his team on edge so they don't get complacent whatsoever. All right, Dan, this team is awesome. But now the measuring stick is not being good. It's being a Super Bowl champion. Yeah. If there's a way that this team gets derailed from that goal, what would it be? This is the least proven, known, established group that Patrick's ever played with. That's not hyperbole. Mm. That's statistically a fact. And the offensive line is still great. Andy Reid is still there. Patrick's mm. – look at this. Look at this. Look at yeah. The combined stats of the Chiefs wide receivers, the only groups that they're ahead of are Green Bay – and we've all talked about how young they are in Atlanta. Receptions, 381 for the career. 5,000 receiving yeah. yards out of this group of wide receivers and only 30 touchdowns. I feel like Travis Kelsey or Tyreek Hill had that in a single season. Ah. Now, last year, there was newness when it came to MVS and Juju and a little bit of Miko Hardman with his health. But Juju Smith-Schuster's gone. Mm -hmm. Miko Hardman's gone. And for a... Those guys were veterans too, right? Totally. This and, is like and, and Patrick trusted them, especially Juju down the stretch, right? Yeah. And I, I, I like you're trying to nitpick and finding ways that this team might get, you know, take a step back or something. It's the lack of proven talent on the outside. Sky Moore, their second round pick of last year. Rasheed Rice, their second round pick. Justin Ross, if he could stay healthy out of Clemson, you you think that those guys are talented? There's no question. It's just shocking to see that the defending Super Bowl champion and the team that everyone sits there and says you yeah. have to go beat them to win the Super Bowl. When it comes to their skill talent in 2023, the only groups that have less um, NFL stats than them are Green Bay and Atlanta. Yeah. That was shocking to me when I saw that. Yeah, but the problem that everybody's got to deal with is the quarterback, right? No doubt. I mean, he makes people better. Dan, you know that. You played quarterback. And what's amazing about this team, this team is chasing history. 
They're chasing the New England Patriots. The New England Patriots won 11 division titles. These guys are at seven right now. And the quarterback is chasing Super Bowls. And that one guy he just threw it to, that Kelsey guy, they can't cover him. Mm. No one's covered no him doubt. in the last yeah. four years. Every yeah. time I turn around, I say, somebody cover Kelsey, please. They can't cover the dead gum guy. So I get it. New receivers, we're worried about that. Don't be worried. Patrick Mahomes is a great equalizer. He just magically and mystically makes those guys better. <laughs> they don't want to drop his passes because they know if they I'm drop the ball, he ain't going to throw to him no I'm more. with you. <laughs> it's just shocking you know to what? see. Uh, look, here's, a, here's another point, really too, is. by the way. Last year in this offseason, I remember talking to Patrick Mahomes about this because there was a lot of questions about his wide receivers then. And I'm with you, Dan. This is a less experienced group even than that group that was coming in after Tyreek Hill left. But that was the big question. And I remember Patrick being like, we're fine. We're good. I'm excited about the way that we're going to get to spread it around. I, I don't think – as long as Travis Kelsey stays healthy, totally. that to me is the, the most imperative – component to this this whole passing offense but I think I continue to trust Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes assessment of what they have in this offense and I think that if they felt like they didn't have enough they probably would have made more of a run at DeAndre sure. Hopkins mm. and they didn't and mm. I'm not saying that that's like necessarily clear proof that they're confident in this group I just think that they clearly do think this is a capable group and we always know that the Super Bowl is all they think about that's right a capable group from that totally. Otherwise, I think they would have probably made a chase on Hopkins. That last point, though, is so important, Jeff, because this team could win 13 games this year, play in the AFC Championship game. If they lose, they come up short, we don't say, well done, Chiefs, six right. straight AFC Championship game. We say a failed season, one of Patrick Mahomes' prime years gone by the wayside. It is a sort of a double-edged sort of success. It's one that you certainly want to live with, but that's what happens when you have the best yeah. player on the planet. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Lions enter this season with high expectations following their strong finish last year. They're the favorite to win the NFC North, something they haven't done since 1993. That's the second longest active drought in the NFL, only ahead of the Browns. One player who could help, first-round pick from last year, Jamison Williams. His head coach talked about his progress.
All right, so Dan, Jamison Williams out for six games due to a suspension for violating the gambling policy. When he comes back, that'll help Jared Goff. Totally, totally. But down the stretch last year, Goff was lights out. Can you repeat that? Absolutely. I want to talk about their offensive coordinator, Ben Johnson, mm. kind of their play-action game. That's what's yeah. separating them now. Good run and play-action offenses, a lot of times they want the run to look like the play-action fake. And I think taking it to the next level, which is what Ben Johnson did, he made the pass concepts all look the same off the line of scrimmage. And that's really what separated the play-action game for Detroit last year. Now, I want everyone to pay attention. This is called 11 personnel. We got one back, one tight end. That gives us three wide receivers, okay? And it's all going to look the same pass concept-wise down the field. There you go with that run fake. Now, pay attention to really the three wide receivers. that They get into what we call the stems of their routes. This guy's going to run vertical. You're going to get a shallow cross coming by this tight end, and then he's going to run an out route. The read for the quarterback is simple off that backer. If he gets outside, throw a shallow cross. If he hangs inside, th throw that out. But they all three look the same off the stem. That backer's hung inside, kick the out route. A little bit later in this game, you're going to see the same personnel. We talked about it. One back, one tight end. Remember, 11 personnel. Here's these three wide receivers. You're going to see that same stem action. We're trying to show that the pass concept all looks the same. This slot, if you're paying attention at home, he's running vertical. This tight end, here comes the shallow cross. Now, this time, this receiver who ran the comeback, he's running the in route. The read is still that linebacker. If he goes outside, throw the in. If he hangs inside, throw the shallow cross. Hangs inside, bang the shallow cross. But those route concepts all look the same out of 11 personnel. Now, when we go to what we call 21 personnel, there's two backs, one tight end, so there's only two wide receivers. Again, we're trying to make our pass concepts all look the same. As the receivers get into their vertical stems, guy up top, you're going to run a seam through. Guy at the bottom, you're going to run a wrap in. That linebacker is the read right here. He gets hung up inside. Jared Goff could throw behind him. Bang, completion. Again, 21 personnel trying to make all these routes and concepts look the same. Two backs, but our two wide receivers are the main focus. The last clip I showed you, the receiver up top off that same action was running a through vertical. There's those stems that all look the same. Here comes this in route, but instead of running that through vertical, what he's going to do is push up, vacate the outside of the field, perimeter wide open. And when Ben Johnson took all of these pass concepts and not only made the run action look the same, but made the pass action or the pass concepts down the field look the same, that's when you sat there and said this play-action game is difficult to stop your question. Can it be repeated? Absolutely, because it's in the details that they teach it, and they make everything downfield look the same. Tremendous. Just awesome. great stuff right awesome. there. You know, and great stuff by you, obviously, uh, breaking that all down right there. And uh, Jared Goff was just ridiculous down the final 10, uh, through the final 10 games of last season. The Dolphins, excuse me, the Lions went 8 and 2 and almost Big made time. the playoffs down the stretch. Uh, Jeff, certainly a player who has uh, proven things in the past, but it feels like Jared Goff has kind of been reborn yeah. in Detroit, maybe underappreciated at times. Yeah, I mean, I think that people are starting to appreciate him. I would say going into this season, there's still this sense that, uh, oh, Jared Goff needs to, you know, prove that it was, you know, a repeat performance, you know, that he can do that again. And it's like, well, before last season, they were saying the exact same thing, hmm. and he did just that this past season. I understand the quarterback position is short memory, and you just have to keep going. The one thing I'd say here is that uh, where Dan Campbell has pointed this out <clears throat> when Jared got to Detroit two years ago no, he no. said that there was a lot of protections where they had to kind of like teach him again all these new things and that they felt like Jared wasn't necessarily picking it up all that fast and but over time he started putting in the work and he figured it out and he got there 
excuse me, I think Sean McVay would get frustrated with Jared in that same capacity. But but Sean, um, Sean is such a, a brainiac, such a wizard, a uh, blessing and a curse there a little bit because his patience probably isn't quite there. I think that this Lions organization is having a level of patience that is now reaping the benefits of a player, by the way, who is so talented. Mm-hmm. We know this. Like, you go back to 2018, I, I know it's ridiculous to go back five years to a game, but when they won, when they beat the Chiefs 54-51 to yep. in one of the greatest regular season games of all time, that to me was like, you can't tell me that that was just luck. This is a talented enough quarterback, and now he's proving it. You make a lot of great points. Dan made some great points, especially with their offense. And I'll tell you from it from a defensive side of it. When you create tight formations and you have run action with your with your linemen, with your yep. offensive linemen, you know, defense is key on high hats. When they see high hat, they know it's pass. But when linemen come off with low hats, play action, and they have tight formations, that's where they get the advantage because they can run the football. Mm. So they make you play honest defensively because you're always worried about the run. You got a coach. That's an old player, physical guy. You know the Detroit Lions are going to run the football, but the play action is what I like. And the way they go about it is very difficult for defenses to get set and say, you know what, it's a pass, because then they're going to gash you with the run. Mm. And Jared Goff has done a great job of understanding the offense, very accurate on throws inside the numbers. That's where he's throwing the ball. And the play action allows that by receivers coming across the field because the linebackers are sucked up because they think it's run. Brilliant. Brilliant offense when you watch it work. They're 5-1 in the division, by the way, these Detroit Lions. Coach, totally agree. We we talk about San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan Mm. and and the beauty of that offense being that everything kind of looks the same action-wise. All Ben Johnson has done, I'm not minimizing, all he's done is taking that to every aspect of their run and play action game. It's mm-hmm. not, he wants it all to look the same down the field and create doubt in the, the, the defensive backs' minds. And I'll mm. also say this about Jared. I was with Jared his second year in the NFL, the first year he had with Sean McVay. And I'll never forget walking away from that situation thinking two things. He lets nothing face him. Mm. He has, in a good way, no memory. Right. And if he's clean... And he's, if he's protected, he could throw with anyone. Yeah. And I think that is something he has in Detroit. That offensive line will be a top three group in the NFL. And if you clean, keep him clean, he could spin it with that. anyone. Fun to talk about the Lions with expectations. It's been a while since we've had that yeah. ability to do so, at least during this time of the calendar. Can I? Yeah. Dan makes a great point. Only 24 sacks. That's it. Yep. Never got hit. Sacks. Keep him clean. You got a chance. All right, coming up, way back Wednesday, we cannot wait to unveil some of the best NFL uniforms that are coming back. We'll share some stories from the days of old. You know Coach Herm, number 46. Go up there and get it. (laughs) Can't let him do that, gentlemen. Take the ball away. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. 
Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. ESPN Fantasy Football is the number one fantasy game. And with the season right around the corner, get your league started now at ESPN.com slash fantasy football. And check out Fantasy Focus, streaming daily, 11 a.m. Eastern time. Justin Fields and the Bears are back in training camp today. Third year for Justin Fields. And, of course, all eyes on him in that new-look offensive attack. Fields look to continue a recent trend of young quarterbacks improving significantly after their team added a true number one wide receiver. The mm. Bears did that with D.J. Moore. Last year, Tua Tungavailoa and Jalen Hurts jumped into the top five of the NFL in QBR after the Dolphins and Eagles added Tyreek Hill and A.J. Brown, respectively. Following the Bills' acquisition of Stephon Diggs back in 2020, Josh Allen blew up, posting the third-best QBR in the NFL. The prior year, he was 24. That's I, a great I guess graphic. It seems sort of simple, right? Like, add a good player, but how much does that number one wide receiver really mean to these young quarterbacks entering potential crossroads seasons of their careers? It's a big deal, and I think kind of lost in the conversation that we've all intimated the impact is how the impact or why the impact. When you get one of these number one wide receivers, that's a proven guy in the NFL. I think the first thing that we have to understand is as an offensive person, as a play caller, I could build my offense around you. I, I could say, hey, what is the – we talked about this with Cooper Cup. What is the offensive play? And, yeah. and how can I get D.J. Moore the ball? Or where do I want to put Calvin Ridley in the situation or Stephon Diggs? And so, as a play caller, it kind of expands what you can do. Now, Luke Getzey in Chicago is like, oh, I love this in the red zone. Where can we get D.J.? Oh, we're playing against the Detroit Lions. And we, I, I like this concept, and I want D.J. as the number one guy. So, you're building offensive plans and plays through those guys. Number two – the quarterback now knows the why for every single play call. Mm. I just talked about we're trying to get this guy the ball. So it, it allows the clear progression for a quarterback. I'm starting with DJ on this play. Yeah. Oh, you know what? I might start on with Darnell Mooney on this play because we think DJ's got a chance. The same down in, in, in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence. I might start with Christian Kirk and get to Ridley or Ridley. It, and so it, it just forces you to play faster. The third point's the biggest to me. It's not the confidence in the wide receiver for the quarterback is step one. It's the confidence now in yourself. I know that I can get a ball in a general vicinity of a guy and trust it, cut it loose. And you're more confident in your ability to throw the football. For Justin, I was saying, coming out of Ohio State, he kind of waited for guys to get open. Mm. And a lot of college kids do that. You can do that, right. Yeah. Last year was still the same case because you're waiting to see, are you actually going to win? Now with DJ, it's like, I'm trusting you to win. I'm going to rip this ball or I'm going to throw this ball to a general area with a little bit of arm talent or fadeaway athletic talent. And it just gets you so much more confident in your own ability. That's why these receivers have such impact on these young quarterbacks. Dan makes some great points, but I would put self-confidence of the quarterback actually as number one. Sure. Mm. That would be number one. 
and, and then going down because that gives the quarterback the things that Dan just talked about. And when you look at this young man, he already possesses this. He makes the field balanced, 11-on-11 yeah. 11 football, because his ability to run. So defensively now, you're already nervous because you're going, you know what? We're 11-on-11 11 11 football because this guy can run. So that already, you're, you're a little hesitant already calling defenses because you're worried about the guy running so much. What he needs to do is take the next step like Jalen Hurst, right? We sure. watched Jalen Hurst progress from one year to last year. Number one receiver helped, obviously. Play calling is critical as well. But this young man is headed in the right direction because he has talent. He has arm strength. He has all that. But now you surround him with some guys he can trust, a number one receiver or tight end where he feels, you know what? On the line of scrimmage, I see single safety. I don't care what the call is. I'm pulling my face mask, and I know I got a go route. I'm right. going to throw it to you, I'm man. I'm throwing it to my guy. That's when it really, that's when it becomes it's, it's fun. Dan knows that. He did a lot of that. Pull my this face is, mask. I'm throwing a go route. Where's Calvin? <laughs> this is the second year that he's been with the same offensive coordinator for the first time. Like, even in college, he wasn't having that level of, wow. of necessarily coaching consistency with the play caller. So, they worked on his footwork last year. This offseason, he's talked about comfort just within the system itself. I mean, it's all setting up for Justin, even aside from the top having a top target. This is this is about the system in place, the coaches in place, the players in place. Uh, it, it feels the opposite of what we were saying about Justin Fields in year one, which was, man, there's nothing around him that is going to make this okay. Yeah, just taking it to X's and O's, because hearing Coach talk about the quarterback run, think about it in this way. I could put, if from Chicago, D.J. Moore on one side of the field, and I could put my other wide receivers, a Darnell Mooney or Cole Komet in, in the other side of the field, and Justin could stand at the line of scrimmage and go, oh, you've got two defenders over to D.J., well, I'm not going to throw it to him. And now, because he's so athletic, they can build a pass concept to the other side of the field for two other good players, and also build a run concept yeah. to the other side of the field with Justin Fields as a runner. So when, when we're talking about football being a game of math, you now have a wide receiver that changes the numbers equation, not only for your pass game, but also your run game away from it. And that's something that is very unique to his skill set. That's why I'm way more bullish, I guess, on Justin's potential this season yeah. than maybe some other people because of that impact. And we just talked about the mm -hmm. Lions, but this division does feel fairly wide open rather relative to others around the NFL. The NFC North should be quite competitive. It's Wednesday. Let's do a little way back Wednesday, and we're going to take a look back at some of the throwback got uniforms here? that NFL teams are going to be wearing this season. And I'll ask you the first player that comes to mind when you see these uniforms. Let's start with the Texans, Oilers, excuse me, the Titans, who will be wearing the Houston Oilers jersey, Dan. First of all, beautiful jersey. First player that comes to mind. Uh, Steve McNair, uh, but Earl Campbell. Earl Campbell, okay. 79 MVP. Huh. Watch it. Huh. Watch it. Good luck tackling Earl Campbell. He's a clavicle buster. Oh, my God. He'll bust your clavicle trying to tackle that guy. And he lose your jersey, too. Apparently, his jer he's so strong, your jersey gets ripped off. No undershirt right there? No, no look undershirt. at that stiff arm, okay. though. Carrying the ball in the left hand. Go to the Giants. Like they classic uniforms. They won multiple Super Bowls in the 80s with. Kind of a beauty right there, too. Yeah. Who do you think of? I'll, tell, I'll take Phil Simms, the guy on the screen. Maybe a little bit Jeff Hostetler. Okay, yep. Uh, this guy, though, arguably, maybe not arguably, Definitely the best oh. defensive player ever, huh? Uh-oh. MVP in 86, best pass oh. rusher of all time, most feared pass rusher of all time. Look at some of these Super Bowl champions. <laughs> I mean, most physically gifted player, perhaps. He played in the right era, right? He played in the right era. Maybe. Maybe. Whether they're throwing it right <laughs> now, I'm not sure you could block him with all the throwing this year. And the Seahawks, these are absolute beauties right here. Going back to their 80s retros, DK Metcalf showing them off right there. Who's the first player that comes to mind for you? 
Uh, Steve Largent. Oh, okay. There you go. Nailed it. All right. Yeah. Underrated. Uh, over 13,000 receiving yards for Steve Largent. All playing with the Seattle Seahawks right there. Look at that. The AstroTurf back in the day. I was just going to say, well. dive on hurts. the AstroTurf. That hurts on Give the AstroTurf right there. Good looking uniform right there. They've been wearing them a couple of mm. times. And let's wrap things up oh. here with. The Kelly Green Eagles, baby. These might be the bar setter right here. Yeah, those are so sick. And who, who, who do you think of? Man, the I guy got... I'm on TV with today. Let's go. The coach, Herman Edwards. As an Come angel. on. Here we go. 33 picks in nine years with the Eagles, coach. Never missed a practice, never missed a game. Mr. Consistency. What a stud. Come on now. Huh. That's oh. Phil Sims. Watch yeah, it. I was going to uh-huh. say, you picked off some legends Come right on. here. Oh. What was Uh-oh. the strength of your Derek game? Derek Bradshaw. Uh-huh. Okay. Got him, too. Mm-hmm. So you're going to see me on ESPN one day. Look at, look at a young coach. Look, I want to correct those stats. Uh-oh. It says 33. Yeah. yeah. It doesn't give me the five that I got in the playoffs. I Uh-oh. got 38. They're Let's get the stat right. 38 and 9. Five in playoff competition. Hey, big players make big plays in big games. Case in point, Herb like Edwards. Five postseason interceptions. 38. We will make sure that Appreciate ESPN you. never messes that up again going forward. All right, still to come here on NFL Live. Bill Belichick lets us in on his camp expectations. You don't want to miss what he had to say about the quarterback competition that might be brewing in New England. Saturday, we'll once again have the Pro Football Hall of Fame enshrinement ceremony for you on ESPN. The class of 2023 includes Rondé Barber, Don Coriel, Chuck Howley, Joe Klecko, Darrell Rivas, Ken Riley, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, and Demarcus Ware. Coverage begins noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, and can also be found on the ESPN app. Welcome back to NFL Live. The Chargers are still looking to rebound this season after blowing a 27-point lead in the AFC wildcard round to the Jaguars. Here's Brandon Staley, their head coach, on what he's liked out of camp the past few days. Now we welcome in Dan Graziano from Chargers training camp. And, Dan, one of the questions people are wondering is, how is Coach Staley getting his team over the playoff collapse that ended their season last year? What can you tell us?
Steph, what do you think about that sort of methodology of getting over the loss? Talking to Steve Kerr, another coach who has been through some of the hard times, Dan. Well, he's right. You have to move on. Yeah. I think, you know, to Dan's point in conversation, you got to learn from it. How did it happen? Why did it happen? Make yeah. sure it never happens again. And then at some point we move on. And this is a new year. And New England often set the tempo for this. Bill Belichick, new year, new season, new yeah. year. So the more that you can get the message across to your team of, we either win or we learn. Yeah. We either win or we learn and we grow and develop. It, it's going to be a big – simply put, like this, this roster, if they stay healthy and they learn from last year, they could beat anybody in the NFL. Yeah. And that's yeah. got to be their goal. No doubt about that. You mentioned New England just a moment ago. It's time now to play a little game of read and react. And we start in New England where yesterday Bill Belichick was asked to clarify comments surrounding the starting quarterback job. I love it. Herm, is Mac Jones the guy in New England? He's the guy. Uh, Bill O'Brien is going to get him right. And, you know, I laugh. Uh, everybody, you know, has been talking about Bill Belichick and he can't coach anymore and he needs Tom Brady. Bill Belichick, he hears everything. Let's don't fall asleep on the New England Patriots because mm. if you do, you're going to find yourself in a bad way. This team will be much improved and it's in a tough division, but they will be very competitive. Don't fall asleep on them. I'm just telling you. Okay. From New England to New Orleans, where Michael Thomas continues his comeback for dealing with injuries since 2020. Here he is talking about the comeback and playing with a big old chip on his shoulder. Jeff, we expecting Michael Thomas to look like his old self this year in New Orleans? Well, you know, he said 100% there. It's not about necessarily being 100% ready to step into games, but it is about being 100% healthy. He just has not been reliable the past three seasons between the ankle for two years and then the toe. Ultimately, though, doctors have cleared him. He's been participating every day in training camp, had a really big workload on Monday. So he'll get there when it comes to becoming that player that he once was as long as as he can stay healthy. Contract year might really help him a little bit too, Jeff, right? The motivation is always a little bit different when you mm. are playing for your next bag of money. Hey, coming up next, Mozzie Smith doesn't like what? Here with the rookie's favorite thing to do is, and this might just help Dallas's run defense.
Back on NFL Live, let's head down to Dallas where a great piece of video, I guess it depends on your vantage point, came out earlier today. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence, excellent player. Much stronger than that coach right there who got huh. the worst of it from Demarcus Lawrence. And, all right, you know, a little bit of dap right there after the fact. Everything is all good. Uh, coach, your thoughts here on the coach getting knocked on his rear. The Look, that, 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 that's a flat setup. You got a young coach. He knows he's holding the bag. Those defensive linemen are already talking about, I'm going to get him. Watch what I do. Now, if that was the head coach or the coordinator, Lawrence would have no – he would not do that. But this is a young coach, and the guys are getting a laugh about this. They already had this thing planned. That guy got no shot. Jeff Darlington, what, happens, what would happen if that were you on the other side of the Demarcus Lawrence forearm right there? Uh, it – it wouldn't be me, Field, because I wouldn't do that. That's just a ridiculous question. You're smart enough to I would know. never put yeah. myself in such a stupid situation. All right. Well, you're a smart man. What a tough guy. What yeah, a tough yeah. guy. All right. Well, it's not just Demarcus Lawrence, but also the Cowboys who drafted Mozzie Smith in the first round. He is entertained. And take a listen to what he had to say recently at training camp. All right, Coach, I think he's going to fit right in for that Cowboys run defense, huh? Yeah, he is, and that has to improve their run defense. But overall, they have talent at every level uh, on this defensive football team. And, and this is a team that obviously the defense travels. We know that. It's just a matter of now uh, the quarterback. How does the quarterback play? And I, I think, uh, you know, some people say, are you going to be a defensive team? N not so much a defensive team, but know this. Protect your defense. Just don't turn the ball over. If you don't do that and play situational football better, similar to the 49ers, yeah. right? The 49ers are a very good football team, and, and they, they've got an outstanding defense. Quarterback plays within the system, doesn't turn the ball over a lot. Not being conservative, he'll take some shots, but if you can just protect him from himself and not turn the ball over, that helps your defense. Dan, there's been a, a lot. lot said, because maybe it's because they're the Cowboys and we cover them daily and they are the team that's perhaps most discussed in the entire NFL, but... What have you made of everything that's been said this offseason as you kind of take stock of the various things the Cowboys have both said and done? You encouraged? I, uh, no, I, I'm getting more concerned as every conversation. Well, Coach just talked about it, and he, he had a word. Uh, he said a word that kind of struck me when he said conservative. Right. You don't want and, that, do you? I've experienced. You don't want that. No, yeah. and I've experienced this. So, I'll go back to when Mike McCarthy's like, I want to run the football more. Now, the Cowboys ran the football relatively efficiently Sixth last year. highest rate in the NFL, right, so too. They, yeah. So, he's like, I want to run the football more. And then Jerry Jones has, not my words, has said, well, Dak just can't turn the football over, and we're going to make our offense Dak-friendly, and yeah. he's going to have less responsibility at the line of scrimmage. I think he should have more responsibility at the line of scrimmage. I think it's something he does well. And then Dak's saying, well, I guarantee you I won't throw 15 interceptions again. And I just, the more you hear that as a player – the more you start to get conservative with the football and you're less aggressive and, mm. and you're cautious or scared for mistakes to happen. And their defense is great. I remember in 2014 or 2015, I'm in Detroit and there's a new coaching staff and they're trying to get Matthew Stafford, who was a gunslinger, yeah. to turn the football over less. And every day it was, let's just play good defense and kick the football and play good defense and kick the football and just don't turn the football over. And what happens is throughout the start of the season, he's not played aggressive. He's scared. He's not yeah. pushing the ball downfield. 
And I remember having going to the head coach's office and say, if you guys don't stop this, you are going to lose him. Mm. And the coach, our offensive coordinator, walked by and whispered, never let them take away your stinger. And I just don't want that to happen for Dak Prescott. I'm not making Dak Prescott to be Patrick Mahomes, but I'm also telling everybody, when you hear this constantly, it just naturally forces you to become a little bit more hesitant with the football, and they're not getting to the Super Bowl with him playing like that. Mm. Yeah, first of all, that's a really great story, Dan. Uh, I love that. Uh, but I, I think that also he <laughs> can at least go into this understanding he does have a defense. I'm not saying that he needs to play conservative, but he does have a defense that can stop opposing offenses. And when you do have that mentality, I think I it's a great thing. But but I'm completely with you when it comes to Mike McCarthy and and his style of coaching this year. Uh, Dak Prescott, to me, is not the problem on this team at all. Uh, I understand the interceptions are a problem, but to me it's not Prescott. It, it, I'm, it was a great story and very telling, and I hope he doesn't get too cautious. Look, I, I agree with both of you guys, and, and I'm not saying to be conservative. I, I'm just saying he has to understand situational football better. And, and you know what, guys? Think about this. We're talking about a team in the last two seasons that have won 24 sure. football games. Mm. Yeah. Their, their, their problem's not seasonal. Their problem is playoffs. Playoffs. Can you win in the playoffs? Can you get through the divisional round? <laughs> and this is where Mike McCartney is going to have to coach him and Dan Quinn is going to have to coach this team when they get to the playoffs. The stars that are the stars on this football team, they got to show up. Mm. Yeah. They can't have another playoff loss saying, you know, if we'd have done this, we'd have done that. They're going to get in the playoffs. They got a chance to win the division, yeah. these guys. Totally agree, coach. Totally agree. The, the receivers, Brandon Cooks, he should help with separation. A lot of those interceptions thrown to tight kind of coverage last year. Yeah. This is what I would end it with. Yeah. What I want out of Dallas, or what I would expect out of Dallas, is our, for them to say, our quarterback has just historically been good not turning the football over. Yeah. Last year is not who the he outlier, was. Right? Yeah. We do not expect him to be that. And if we're going to go win a Super Bowl, we've got to have him at his very best. That's it. Mm. But the more we harp on and talk about it, it subliminally becomes part – you could seep into a player. Sure. And that's all I'm saying is – don't allow that to happen in Dallas because it'll have more damage than good. Don't let the narrative become the reality, right? Because yeah. it certainly feels like there is a narrative this offseason. Time now for one more thing. And Travis Kelsey, you are a beauty. Paying homage, perhaps, to his head coach, Andy Reid, shaving off everything but the mustache right there. Interesting look so far from Trav. Uh, by the way, he can make it look cool because everything he does is cool, if I must say so myself. Um, you know who else makes it look cool? Our guy, the coach. Watch it now. 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 Hey, right, coach, I was 6'3". I was 6'3 when they measured me. Forever. With all that hair. <laughs> <laughs>